Good morning and welcome to City Church Together for Friday, October 1st. My name is Trevor and we are going to walk through a here journal in 1 Peter today. So if you got your Bibles or maybe you're driving, you just want to listen in, um, we'll read 1 Peter 1, 13 through 25 today and then uh, think about it and turn it into a prayer. So 1 Peter 1, 13 through 25 says this, therefore, with your minds ready for action, be sober-minded and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance, but as the one who called you is holy, you also are to be holy in all your conduct. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. If you appeal to the Father who judges impartially, according to each one's work, you are to conduct yourselves in reverence during your time living as strangers. For you know that you are redeemed from your empty way of life, inherited from your fathers, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb. He was foreknown before the foundations of the world, but was revealed in these last times for you. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Since you have purified yourselves by your obedience to the truth, so that you show sincere brotherly love for each other, from a pure heart love one another constantly, because you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like a flower of the grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this word is the gospel that was proclaimed to you. And that is the word of the Lord from First Peter chapter 1. Um, in case you're wondering, we do have you update on the app today, and so this is where we are in our daily Bible reading for um, October's. We're going to go through some in Peter, and then on other days we will keep chugging through Proverbs. This passage in particular, as we stop to highlight a little bit, there's let's talk about what overarching is being said here. Um, this whole first chapter of First Peter, but particularly the verses we read, um, are this back and forth, if we were going to categorize it, of back and forth of um, try really hard to be pure and holy, along with you really can't be pure and holy on your own. There's only one thing that makes you pure and holy, that is the blood of Jesus. And yet with that, you will try hard to be pure and holy, but you already are pure and holy according to the gospel. Therefore, you're going to show that you're pure and holy by being pure and holy. But don't get fooled because you can't possibly get there. You have to trust in it. You see the back and forth, it's, it's this... Um, it's super difficult if you take this out of context or sort of remove one one verse from it or one thought or idea from it um, to get the the bigger idea of what's going on here. And you certainly would truncate um, the message. So um, let's take a couple of things. First, verse 13, okay? Therefore, with your minds ready for action, be sober-minded and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance, but as the one who called you is holy, you also are to be holy 
in your conduct. Okay, so that's a that's that's three verses that we're taking there that I want to highlight because I think the overall theme of this section of scripture that Peter is writing is summarized in that passage. First of all, um, for those of you uh, 90s folks out there, if you were in high school or college and in the 90s, you're probably going to recognize and you you might be triggered like I am every time you see ready for action. All you can think is uh, outcast, big boy saying ready for action, nib it in the bud. All right. So that, let's get that out of the way first. Although you could summarize this passage as ready for action, nip it in the bud if in happens, if it happens to be sin. Um, carry on, though. All right. He says, therefore, so, okay, so let's, let's highlight some words here. He says, therefore, what is the therefore pointing to just before it? Where, well, he has just written about how we have received the good news. We have received the gospel, and that is God's power of salvation, um, that we are, um, that God has given us a new birth. So think about birth. Um, this is, by the way, in verse three, uh, we are new birth into a living hope. So a hope that is, that is still alive. Um, even though difficult things may come, we still have a hope. It's not hope has not perished. It's not being killed. We have a living hope. It is working, and we have been brought by God into a new birth. Birth is not something that you do. Birth is something that is done to you. Okay, so in other words, since grace has happened to you, since you have received this message that Jesus Christ has died for your sin and resurrected. Okay, that he says next. That is what gets your mind ready for action, nip it in the bud, all right? That is what gets your mind ready for action to nip sin in the bud. And then, so it is the gospel. It is, I can't overcome my sin with myself. Only God can do that. Only Jesus can be uh, by his imperishable seed, by his blood that doesn't fade. Um, Only he and his death and resurrection can overcome my sin. But with that knowledge with that gift of the good news of what Jesus has done. Now, my mind can be ready for action. What does it mean to have your mind ready for action? Well, it means that you are ready to think about the day. Um, you're ready for action. You're not ready for passivity. So you're not about to let the day's events happen to you. You are ready for action. You are ready to act on the events of the day instead of passively sort of going into them, which uh, if you're reading Proverbs, you read a lot about that in Proverbs. Um, and then he says the action um, or the mindset that you need to have is to be sober-minded. So for your minds to be ready for action, you need to be sober-minded, right? Sober-minded simply means um, sober-minded simply means that um, you don't let the events happening in your life define your level of happiness or joy. And you don't let the events of the day dictate your um, your sadness. Um, so this is very um, sort of differentiation type language. Like I am not the things that happen to me, um, but rather who I am is going to change the way that I look at the things that happen to me. I'm sober-minded. I don't get too high um, and I don't get too low because I know my, my joy is based on something bigger than my circumstances. Um, and, and that works in both directions. So that's sober-minded. And... Set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The revelation of Jesus Christ would be here, um, I believe, um, would be here his second coming. Um, So God revealing himself in Christ and also Jesus coming back um, to make all things new. So notice he says, 
Basically, he says, okay, you've believed the gospel. God has changed you. Your sins are forgiven. Now what should I do? All right, I've got to be ready for action. So the gospel is not just something that changes sort of my standing with God. No, now, based on who I am, that what I know about myself in the gospel, that I am redeemed, that I'm a part of God's family, that I have his Holy Spirit, that I have everything I need for life and godliness, boom, now I go and act on the world. Sorry to get very John Madden on you right there. Boom. All right, but now I go out and act on the world. What's that action going to be? It's going to be in the world is not going to act on me. That's what sober-mindedness is. The, the ups and downs of the world, those aren't going to act on me. I'm going to act on the world. So they're not going to put me too high. They're not going to put me too low. And I'm also not going to set my hopes. So this is kind of another version of sober-mindedness. I'm not going to, if you think of not getting too happy or, or, or like not getting overjoyed about circumstances in my life, I can't believe I just got some ice cream. Now, there's difference in gratitude. Thank you, God, for this ice cream. This is a wonderful gift. And overjoyed. My life is complete. You gave me this ice cream cone, and I've longed for it. Now I will never. And then the ice cream cone falls off, and what happens? Oh, no. Okay, so that's setting your hope on that ice cream cone. Oh, my gosh, it's melting. I thought I'd have this forever. So set your hope completely on what? The grace, getting something we don't reserve, getting something we don't deserve, God's riches at Christ's expense. I know that's corny, but it works. All right, God's riches at Christ's expense, grace. Um, um, so just channeling my inner Gary Busey here. So set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you. In other words, we have received grace in Christ's death and resurrection in the past, but slide, slide, that's the past. I got something brand new for you, said Coolio a long time ago. So he's like, yes, that's the already. Now there's also set your hope on the not yet. Yes, everything's breaking down around you and breaking down inside of you, but do not fear because your hope was never in those things remaining whole in the moment. Your hope is in the unseen, not the seen. It is in Jesus' return to make all things new. And he says, in that way, you will engage the world. And that is this key to a holy calling. I think, I think if you see everything else in this passage through that lens, it will start to make sense in a different kind of way. Um, so let's take be holy as I am holy. Um, before, you may have heard be holy as I am holy as be perfect as I am perfect. And that sounds overwhelming, doesn't it? That sounds like, I can't do that. But when you think of holiness as set apart, beautiful, exude, like that's the kind of stuff you get from the gospel. That's the kind of stuff the Holy Spirit allows you to do. That's the way we're going to act on the world. Um, or take down in verse 17, you are to conduct yourselves in reverence during your time living as strangers. How are we living as strangers? We're living as strangers because our hope is not in this world. Our hope is outside of this world. This could be the follow-up to my sermon series at Christmas time, where I talk about manger things, and we could just do this is, this is stranger things and manger things. Stranger people? I don't know. That one fell apart. I didn't really have that one well thought out, guys. I apologize. Will you forgive me? <laughs> Thank you. Um, but when you see through that lens, ah, I understand what living as a stranger is. Living as a stranger is what? Being sober-minded, not, not attaching my joy to things of this world, not attaching my despair to things of this world, but rather having a hope that endures that Jesus is coming back so I'm not sort of racked with, with depression by any of this. 
Um, purified yourself by obedience to the truth. What is obedience to the truth? I might hear that at, at first and think, oh my gosh, this is, you know, more obedience. But ob- think about obedience to the truth. I'm going to live according to the way things actually are. Well, class, how are the way things actually are? The way reality is what God says reality is. In other words, it doesn't seem that it doesn't seem that the world is going to be renewed, but I have a hope that is completely on the grace to be brought to me in the revelation of Jesus Christ, which means that's the reality I live into. So if I obey that truth, what am I? Well, you circle back up to verse 11. Now I can be sober-minded because my hope is not in sort of um, getting my getting my family at Thanksgiving not to argue as much, or my hope is not in the next job promotion, or my hope is not in you know the, the next artist that I love, like releasing their record on time or whatever it happens to be. I don't know what that must be some kind of subconscious angst in me um, about John Bellion, but whatever. Anyway, the point is those first two verses can really help you see the rest of this. And then seeing those first two verses is all about seeing the rest of the chapter before it, that we have a living hope that we are given a new birth. We have all the resources we need to live a holy life, one that exudes the truth of God's nearness and his love Um, that we have in Jesus Christ. We have all the resources we need because Christ has already lived. Christ has already died. Christ has rose again, and Christ is coming again. Um, So let's be grateful for that today. Wow, that's a lot of beautiful stuff. How do we apply that? Well, you live like it. Um, I already mentioned several ways to do that, Um, but one of them is just to have your minds ready for action. Um, You know, the end of this says that... um, says that through the living, uh, because you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. All flesh is like grass, all its glory like a flower of the grass. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Yes, the word of the Lord is referring to the Bible, but more specifically, as he goes on to say, and this word is the gospel that was proclaimed to you, more specifically, it is meditate on the promise of God. But medicate, uh, medi- not medicate. Oh, yeah, medicate on it too. Meditation is your medication. All right, we won't break that down very much, but it's a good word, something to think about. Meditate on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Put your focus on Christ's death, resurrection, and coming again. And that's where you will be equipped to, all, to do all of what you're called to. And so you're doing a great job. Good job because you're doing that right now. And so let's have a moment of silence for us to meditate on this beautiful truth. And then let's pray this into our day today, City Church. Heavenly Father, thank you for the way that you keep weaving your grace back into our lives. That that the Holy Spirit through Peter here is saying to us, Yes, I want you to do better. Yes, I want you to nip it in the bud and have your mind ready for action. But the only way that's going to happen is if you realize that there's no possible way that you could nip sin in the bud or be ready for action or be a holy person without dwelling on the simple fact, the simple reality that God has done everything, given you everything you need for life and godliness, and he has accomplished your redemption in Jesus Christ, this beautiful truth that has been proclaimed to us. What a challenge to press into acting on our world, but one that comes without the burden of doing it on our own. Thank you, God. And now we go out ready for action. 
into the world, not in a spirit of fear or condemnation or guilt, but filled up with your love, ready to overflow. May that be true about all of our workplaces today and the people we interact with and our families and our friends and our roommates, our professors, our fellow students, our coworkers, our employees. May that be true today. Let us overflow to them on this first day of October. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. City Church, go and multiply the gospel.